0: To the House of Minds, a podcast experience where we dive into individuals' journeys and mindsets with the intention and potential to bring you keys to unlock and expand your mind into new realities and possibilities. Because we can all learn something from everyone. All you must bring is a desire to learn, an open mind, and the trust that the universe is always working for you. What will the House of Minds bring you today? are live. Welcome, everybody, to the House of Minds. My name is Christina Lynn, and I'm your podcast host. Today, we'll be speaking with Alison O'Leary, all the way from the UK. Alison is a former corporate CEO boss woman who completely changed her life by shedding the layers, so to say, and claiming the right to live in her authentic expression. Alison is now a certified life coach and helps others do the same through specialized career-based coaching that transforms clients' professional trajectories, but also, more importantly, their lives. Thank you so much for making an appearance today, Allison. Really excited to dive in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, my pleasure. Before we get started, as I usually do, we'll start off with a one- to two-minute mindfulness practice um, that'll be guided just to bring us into full presence into the conversation and move everything else out of the way. Cool. So, any listeners that are listening, if you're operating any heavy machinery and/or driving, please keep your eyes open. Otherwise, I'll invite everyone to close their eyes. If you're seated and your feet are down on the ground, draw your awareness down to the soles of your feet or whatever is contacting the chair, the ground, be it your hips, your thighs, start to move into your body. Let go of analyzing, thinking, judging, just feel and notice. Starting the process of becoming detached. Draw your awareness up into your hips, into your belly. Take a moment to soften Draw your awareness up into your chest, your shoulders, any tension that you feel there, let it melt away. Draw your awareness up your throat to pull some energy with you to clear the way for expression. Move all the way up around your chin, your lips, the tip of your nose, up to the space between your eyebrows, all the way to the crown of your head. Take a moment to notice the energy you pulled up with you, sort it, any energy that's not yours or not needed in this present moment, send it on its way. So that as you draw the energy back in towards you and into your body, into your spine, your lifeline, it's your pure essence and whatever that is needed to come forward into this conversation. Becoming the open conduit for presence. Draw your awareness back up, tip of your nose. Find your breath. You may have noticed that you started breathing deeper, calmer, more even breath, but take the time to smooth it out. Matching the pace of your exhales to that of your inhales. Again, welcoming in whatever is ready to flow through our conversation today with your inhales. Letting the rest go. What happened before, what will happen after, put it on pause. Just be here now. and Welcome in intentional and also a present conversation. Take one more deep breath all together, deepest breath yet. Fill up as much of your body as you can. Pause at the top of your breath. Maybe let your breath explore new spaces and let your breath go deep, full exhale. Maybe a little noise. Hmm. Slowly open your eyes, nice and soft. And we will begin. Let's start at the beginning, wherever that, whatever that means to you, Allison. tell us about <laughs> your story. What led to your transformation from CEO boss lady to where you're at?
1: <laughs> well, wow. I think it's probably fair to say that I, I was living a life that from the outside, looked it like ticked all the boxes looked marvelous i had a, a big corporate job i had a very healthy salary i did quite a lot of travel for work it looked quite glamorous i could afford dinners out and fancy clothes and, and all of the trappings of a, of a you know a well paid lifestyle um, there was just one kind of problem with it and that was that i wasn't at all living authentically and for about 15 years of this period of time Mm -hmm. I just got sicker and sicker um and I I knew deep down that this wasn't the thing I really wanted to be doing but I was kind of I felt kind of trapped and I felt ungrateful and there was lots of self-judgment around kind of where I was at um but I just I, I kind of really just didn't know what to do about it. And so I think like most people, like most of the people I work with, I gave myself a talking to and I just carried on. <laughs> um and the, the problem with it was that you the more I just carried doing, on. Yeah, yeah, but the, the problem was the more I just carried on, the sicker I got. Um and at the time I didn't equate the two things. So I just thought well, you know, maybe this is just the way I am, maybe it's my age as I got older, maybe, you know, a whole host of reasons. All the other Um, reasons
0: outside, can't be us. Yeah,
1: (laughs) can't be us, absolutely, and so the the kind of the start of the change journey for me came when I hit a crux point with my health so as I said for years I generally it started off with just a general feeling of fatigue you know an exhaustion no matter what I was doing and I you know at the time I was quite I was quite young and physically fit so I didn't really understand it and then over time it built so um I I I got to a point and this was the crux point where I stopped being able to digest food <laughs> so I thought something was seriously wrong with me you know I, I was every time I was I was eating meals I was vomiting afterwards like just it just my body wouldn't digest food so um after many diagnoses from GPs about you know it's irritable bowel syndrome it's you know take these and you know these sorts of all sorts of weird and wonderful tablets um which went you know did nothing went nowhere I tried to Chinese medicine, oh, God only knows what I took, um, but that didn't do a thing, you know. And eventually, when I got to this point of not being able to digest food, I went back to the GP and I absolutely insisted they refer me to a consultant to figure out what was wrong because clearly there must be something wrong. So you tried all the options. I tried everything. I tried diet. I tried. I changed my diet. I I, I went gluten free. I did. You know, I figured maybe I had allergies to things. I you know, I, I literally I tried to explore it all, and nothing okay. made a difference. So I got referred to a consultant, and I had lots of really invasive tests at the hospital. Um, and then I went back to see the consultant, who you know, to to get the diagnosis. And he sat me down, and he said, he said, "Well, let's first things first. The good news is, we found absolutely nothing." <laughs> so I was like, right okay, fine. good I am perfectly fine. Then why on earth do I feel so awful and why why can't I why am I being sick all of the time? And it was then that he delivered his diagnosis, which if you knew me at the time, I was completely incredulous about and didn't believe a word of it. <laughs> so he sat me down and he basically told me that it was stress. And I, I, at the time, I looked at him and I was like, "What are you talking about? I'm like the least stressed person I know. I am, I am, you know, <laughs> I cope really well with with everything, and I'm fine." And he said, "This," hey, he Colby said, said fine. yeah," and he said, "Alison, this is the problem." The problem is, is that mentally you are not acknowledging that you are either living or working or both in a way that doesn't actually work for you and that it's creating stress and and that stress has got to go somewhere. And because you're not mentally dealing with it, you are pushing it into your body. So I, he, and at the time I really didn't believe him. I thought he was crackers. And I thought, what, what are you talking about? I'm at, you know, this is, this is nonsense. And he could tell that I thought this and he what, said to me, What well, kind of
0: consultant was he?
1: He was, he was a, a, a proper professional. Um, Cause he, he was a, I don't know what level he was actually, but he was, it was like a consultant a G- at the hospital. Like a GI. Yeah. yeah. a gastroenterologist. Yeah. And, oh. um and so he, he said to me, given that he knew I, he could see I didn't believe him, he said he asked me this. He then asked me this next really strange question, as far as I was concerned. And he said, "How do you sleep?" And I said, what, "What's this got to do with anything?" I'm, I'm fine, I think, you know. Like what? And he said, "I put money on it. You don't sleep properly." I said, "What? <laughs> what's the?" You know. And he said, "Right. I want you to humor me. I'm going to give you some sleeping tablets, and I want you to take them for two weeks and go, and then come back and see me." Uh, so I was like well fine okay you know because I was at an absolute I was at a loss I did you know I didn't know what else to you were do. ready to try anything I was ready to try anything so I went away and I took these tablets and they were like horse tranquilizers they literally knocked me out <laughs> and by the end of the first week I like I, I couldn't believe it I was like I, you know I was saying to myself wow is this how normal people feel I felt amazing I had all this energy my whole body was felt relaxed, and and it made me realize there was nothing wrong there was (laughs) it made me realize that actually normally I was a complete insomniac but I had been completely oblivious to that fact that I was mostly awake so I went back to see the consultant and you know I was like okay I'm listening (laughs) Now this I'm ready. has proved something. Now I'm ready. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, what's going on? And he said, look, you know, you clearly you, you are suffering stress and it's, it's impacting your sleep, which is making, you know, which is, you know, having a massive impact on your immune system and your health generally. But, you know, the stress is physically affecting your body and your stomach area and causing all sorts of issues. So, you know, and I was like, well, OK, right. If that is what it is, what do I do about this? Like, I don't even know I'm stressed how am I supposed to do something about this and fix this and he told me and this was the start of my journey that I had to really start to pay attention and listen to myself really listen to what my body was telling me about what was right and not right for me and so it started a period of time where that's exactly what I did you know and I and I realized over the course of the next kind of six months that I just didn't listen to myself. I stuffed down things. I didn't, you know, I was, I was working in a way that wasn't conducive. I was doing things at work that I didn't, I just didn't like, I didn't enjoy, I didn't agree with. Um, And, you know, and I was just living in a way that was, was false. It just didn't reflect who I really was, what I was motivated by and what I cared about. And that was a real dawning for me. And it started, um, it started my exploration, it made me really realise that the career that I was in, and the working environment was just doing me no good. And the idea of doing it for the next, you know, 20, 30 years was just abhorrent to me by that point. Um, And so I started to explore what it, on earth it was I might do instead you know as part of this whole learning about myself thing and I actually hired a coach myself to help me figure some of this stuff out um, so you, and you
0: felt a discord it sounds like there was a discord going on between yourself and your your true true desires and yeah. true self internally and the less you pushed it down and stuffed it, the more discord you felt into your body.
1: Absolutely.
0: Until your body literally couldn't digest life. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah. the
1: metaphor.
0: Um, are you familiar with Louise Hay or there's another book called yeah.
1: Body Keeps Score? Oh, I haven't read that one. But yeah, I know Louise Hay. Yeah, I think
0: Peter Levin, maybe the one that writes The Body Keeps Score, but there's a couple books out there on how our body will hold on to what our brain yeah. isn't processing as far as emotions. Yeah. And the more we separate from our emotions and use our logical mind and don't process it, the more it's we're going to feel it in our physical body and it'll show up in our physical Absolutely. body.
1: Absolutely absolutely and I see this so often now with the clients that I work with you know and it's everybody has a you know different physical experience and for me my weak my weak point was always my stomach so that's where it went you know but other people you know have real issues with their throat and that whole kind of communication area some people really feel it in their back and they you know it can show up in all sorts of ways but it it, it's it's very evident (laughs) Yeah, it's so and your it's body the... give us real signs about what's right or wrong. And if you tune in and listen to it, it'll tell you in no uncertain terms.
0: Yes, it's the little clues that your body gives you. And sometimes we just need a little help deciphering and learning to listen to how our bodies mm-hmm. are showing up and telling us. Yeah. Hey, no, look at
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. try a new direction. But so you hired your own coach. I did. Um, and it was actually to deal with a few stressful things at work, um, as well as kind of just generally explore, you know, what, what on earth I might do instead. And through that process, I, I became very clear that what I wanted to do was be a coach. And so I I then went about finding some training, you know, and I, I and I continued to work full time through that process. But the moment that I signed up to my coaching course and started on that that particular path everything eased up and it was really something and they and of course through the whole coaching um through the whole coaching kind of training process all of the tools and techniques that we got taught and there were a lot of body mind awareness tools which then therefore made a lot of sense to me um, as part of that Really helped me cement my own, um, like deal with my own demons, cement why I felt the way I felt, who I really was. So, uh, you know, and and help me let go of the emotion of the day job that was, you know, frankly, killing me slowly day by day until that point. Literally. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's and through the tools and techniques I use, I use them all on myself first before working with anybody else and the difference it made to my ability to cope with the stress and anxiety to acknowledge it and to, you know, to allow it, it it's, to run its course and let it go, meant that I could cope with the day job in a much, much simpler way, um, much easier way you know, and start ignoring just, yourself without ignoring myself, you know, but it was part of a process. So I, as I was training my husband, it, by the same vein was, you know, he had been doing a job for 20 years. He was a, he was a corporate marketing guy working for software companies. Absolutely hated it was killing him. Um, and so we decide, you know, I, he became my first guinea pig. <laughs> That's how I was you training. Did
0: you did <laughs> it together. You yeah. were both cha- You both did some things need to change yeah let's
1: do it let's dive in that's it you know so as i started my training he was very unhappy with what he was doing and kind of just he was done and we we got home from work both of us one night and it was it was nine or it was eight o'clock at night We were really tired. We hadn't seen each other all week because that's what our jobs were like. You know, we had no food in the fridge because we never had time to do things like food shopping. So we had to go out for dinner, which felt like a chore (laughs) rather than a pleasure. And as we sat opposite on one another... At that point, you know, we, we just looked up and said, what on earth are we doing? Why are we doing this? All the money, all of the status, all of everything else is just not worth it. And we're not living all of the things that are important to us. You know, spending time with each other, spending time with our family and friends, having downtime for ourselves, you know, self-care and, and playtime. None of that stuff existed in our lives because we just didn't have the time, the bandwidth for it. So we made the decision at that point in that restaurant in the center of London that we were going to change everything and we were going to change our jobs and we were going to change our lives and we were going to move out of London and do something. And we had no idea what, (laughs) I mean, I knew I was on the coaching course, but I didn't know how I was going to make it a reality. My husband has no
0: idea. It sounds like you started to trust the unknown and you just got to the point where I love this because I was going to ask you what, what did the process look like as far as learning to listen to yourself and the process of who am I, but you're kind of already answering that as we're going <laughs> along because you started listening to yourself, working yeah. mind, body awareness piece. And the yes. more you listened, the more the change just naturally started to gradually happen until you reached yes. the point of. Uh, Cause I feel like fear sometimes. No, I know that oh, fear absolutely. of the unknown or fear of change will keep people stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my life coach has, says m- many times over and over again, when you get into enough pain, You'll
1: change. <laughs> and that is the truth. You know, so we, we made this decision with no real idea about what we, where we were going to be, what we were going to do, how on earth we were going to make it work, how we would earn money, you know, but we just knew that we had hit the point of no return and that we needed to change it. Yeah. So then we, as part of my training, like I said, my husband became my first guinea pig. So I put him through all, all of the very early Great things that I now do with clients. Yeah. And helped him determine what he wanted to do. Um, and then we, I, I finished my training and we, we made the decision to move to Wales. You know, so we live in the, in the mountains. in the So we moved from the centre of London to, to a, the bottom of a mountain where we are surrounded by sheep, <laughs> and we it, we we removed all of the mega costs of living, which you know, which meant we didn't need to earn mega bucks in order to mm-hmm. live. Um, so we just removed some of that pressure. And you know, I set up my own business, but it was a transition. It was an absolute transition, and a lot of my I, I do this with a lot of my clients with, when it's, there's big career change involved in a whole life change. Mm-hmm. That you know, the, the whole process took four years for me. From the training through to I set up in the background, started working while I was still working full time, kind of coaching on evenings and weekends. And then then I hit a point where I couldn't fit any more in. And at that point, I organized to go part time um, with the company I was working for. So then I could and then I spent 18 months building it up. Getting comfortable, you know, building awareness about the, the, you know, the work that I do, and building a client base. And then when I hit a point again, it was the right time to then say goodbye finally to, to the career that that nearly killed me, and step into this what I do now full time. Mm-hmm. So, but it was a four year transition. Um, for my husband, it was much quicker. So he, he, he had been a marketing guy for software firms, but he, he, he worked out through you know, the stuff we did together that he wanted to do something really meaningful that was giving back um, and he wanted to work for a charity. Mm. And so we, we helped him reframe his experience, which had all been in, you know, working for IT companies. Mm. Um, he didn't have any third sector experience at all, but he was so passionate about it. He ended up getting himself um, a job as, of, as, as head of um, marketing and income generation for a children's hospice in wales and so you know he and so a complete change but quite quick for him um so yeah but it, it just it changed everything because we now live and work in a way that is absolutely congruent with our values with the things we care about the things that are really important um you know, for me, it's massively important. Peace is one of my top values. And for me, that means silence. So living in the center of a city and working in a busy agency, open plan office was not the ideal. (laughs) So now I work from home in this peaceful environment where there are, you know, and it's just, it really works. And that's, that's something that I was
0: going to ask. I love that you just led that (laughs) right into there. Cause so the, I wanted to point out that your process was gradual and I love that you brought Mm -hmm. up that, your husband's wasn't because yeah. there is no right or wrong and it could go so yeah. many different ways Absolutely, for people just, just based on how it's going to yeah. flow for them, but stepping Absolutely. into it is the most important. I yeah. love that you brought the word up passionate. Um, mm. because I feel like when there's the passion that aligns with your values,
1: mm. that
0: that's a strong, strong motivator to move yeah. into the change and to claim the change and claim the changes in your life. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah. love that word for it. And then tell us more about your values as far as the values that you discovered, what went about into changing them. Although I guess we, we kind of answered that too, but tell me more about the process about discovering your values and then implementing those little steps to start Yeah, yeah. into them.
1: Well, the, the uh, when I when I was when I hired a coach, it was one of the exercises she did with me, and I'd never really I'd never thought about it before. It just you know, it, I'd, I'd never come across it, and I so she got me to articulate what my values were and what they really meant. And for me, mm-hmm. peace was mm-hmm. number one. You know, and like I said, that for me that means just silence. It means it's just it's having space and quiet um and freedom <laughs> is my number two and that means for me it means not being tethered to a nine to five or more because I was doing a lot more than that back then um not being told what to wear not being told how to be just being able to work and live in the way that works for me mm-hmm. um you know and, and so and I you know I know a, a number of other you know I've got creativity is one and um connection one-to-one connection is really important to me um and so I did this exercise myself and it helped me realize that that meant an awful lot. When I applied it from a, from a work point of view, as well as a living point of view, it just made me realize how much was out of kilter, you know, and it just didn't align. The discord. Yeah. And when I, so when I took my husband through the exercise, the really interesting thing was, uh, you know, two of our values are the same. So we both have peace and freedom, albeit in a different order. Yeah. And so when we did it, when we came to choosing where we live, rather than thinking about because we, you know, we could have lived anywhere. I mean, it, you know, it was, we had no reason to be any, in any one place. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided rather than thinking, well, we want a, you know, a three bedroom house with this, the, you know, this type of kitchen or this, you know, like, or it's got to be a place that has these amenities. We decided to choose where we live based off our values. So we actually combine them and we're you like, what like does it? this mean about, yeah, uh, 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 you know, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for a place that feels like feels peaceful to us, that feels like freedom, that, that provides a sense of connection that, you know. And so that's how we came. We when we when we came to look at the house we now live in. As soon as we arrived, we hadn't even looked inside. We just knew we were like, this is it. This is this is the place. You know, and people thought we were nuts. Honestly, those, you know, moving from the centre of London and saying, "Well, we're going to pack it all in, we're chucking in our jobs, and we're going to move to Wales," like a lot of people were, you know, and it, from a place of fear, really questioned our sanity and and, and tried to make us feel like we were doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and that's why it's so important
0: to listen to your own internal process. Yeah. Because absolutely no one knows better than you for mm-hmm. yourself yeah yeah even if you it know, I, sense to others it's not others no. lives it's yeah
1: life. and I think also and I see this with a lot of my clients you know y- y- there will always be people who whether they're friends or family mm-hmm. they mean you know they mean well but it's based on their fears not yours yeah so you know and it, a lot of the time it, what we found is that the 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 questioning came from people who were desperately unhappy themselves with where they were at and what they were doing, but had told themselves they couldn't change it, that it was too late, that it was that was the way it had to be. So us and what we say, oh, we're gonna throw it all up in the air and gonna have a go really felt threatening and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted to do was shut it down and have us get back in the lane that they were in and keep swimming. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, they want us to change back and just get back to where we, you know, what, what they were doing and, and stuff. And, and, uh, but because we'd done all this work, we just knew it was the right thing. Um, you were you know, confident. Not, you? not without its fears, not without its, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it was a massive change, but, you know, and I didn't know how long it was going to take me to build a business and whether I'd be successful or not. And, you know, but. You trusted We got unknown. to the point where we just had to trust the unknown and have a go. Yeah. With the idea that if it didn't work or we didn't like it, we, we just change it again. And that would be okay. I we love gave ourselves it. that out.
0: You became okay with the unknown and with change and adaptation. And it sounds like you valued living by your values more than anything else. Yeah. And once that became your focus, everything else fell into place regardless yeah. and if- you know
1: when we when we made this transition it, you know it was so clear to me once this had happened and we were on this path and then we live here I mean I sleep like a baby I can eat whatever I like sleep now I'm- <laughs> no I've got no health problems whatsoever I've got loads of time to do fun stuff that I love to do I'm a real a journaling junkie so and I live in a place now where I can go paragliding and and you know and, and gorge walking and all the stuff I love to do outdoors mm-hmm. um and it, it you know there's there's just no comparison I love to yeah. to the old life but it is very values-based so it works
0: yeah yep so tell me more about because you brought up um, confidence. And with that word, I know that's something that you work on, you focus on with clients as far as their confidence, Mm. clarity and control. So tell Mm. me more about those, how you help guide or build those three with clients Mm. to have them step into their own process of of change and claiming. Yeah, sure.
1: So there's a real process to it. Um, I'm a very pragmatic and practical person by nature. And for me, you know, any any work that I do with people has to have a very concrete end result, you know, because talking is all, all well and good. But if we go, you know, if it's just a talking shop and it doesn't help somebody achieve a change that really fulfills them, it then, you know, then I haven't done my job. Um, and so I take people through a very, it, 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 a, a quite a tight framework, Um of, of steps or, or exercises that effectively deliver real clarity by the end of the process on who they are, what they care about, what they're motivated by and interested in and what they're good at. You know, so it's a bit of a 360 that looks at them from every angle. And then that data we use together to help them think about from either a lifestyle and or a career perspective what that means. What direction does that mean they go in? Um, you know, what 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 kind of job, you know, if it's if, if they're in a career that doesn't fit, what does fit based off their data? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and around that in terms of lifestyle, are they living in the right place? Are they with the right partner? Are they, you know, like the, the big questions that, that, you know, ultimately affect how we feel about our lives. Yes. Um, and I so so. The, and because it's data based, because the exercises I take people through give very clear information. Um, about who they are and and, you know what they bring and what they enjoy and what's important to them the decision they make at the end of that process they can feel really confident in Mm. because they can rationalize why they've come to that very clear conclusion
0: they've taken the Um, time to get to know themselves
1: Yeah, have the confidence in
0: themselves. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, there are a number of different pieces I do with people. So one is I do an exercise with people around their personal values to get really clear on what, you know, what are the ways in which someone needs to live and work in order to be happy, because we're all different. Um, And it tends to be something we don't give much credence to, but it's vital. Um, and so I, I help people articulate what their personal values are. Mm-hmm. Um, I help them put them in order of priority using their bodies, not their minds. Um, and I help I them think about, <laughs> and then think about from a life and career perspective what their values dictate they need. Yeah. You know, so so they end up with a set of criteria for life and, and work based off their values. Um, I do a piece of work with them around their personal strengths, so their natural talents. You know, what is it that you're naturally good at? Um, to be honest, most people don't know or can't put their finger on it, or it feels very, you know, very uncomfortable. Um, and I use a system called Clifton Strengths, um, that's a methodology developed by Gallup, the big international research firm, to help. Uh, so I get them to take this assessment and we look at their results and end up with a set of criteria. Based off their natural strengths for the type of work, either career paths or types of activity with the role that they're going to be naturally good at. That's going to feel again like it aligns and fits and that they really enjoy and are motivated by. Um, so that's quite interesting. People, people are always surprised by the results from that. <laughs> um, wow. I do a piece of work with people around personality profiling. Um, So, again, what does the personality profile tell us about you, your lens on the world, how you see things, what's important to you, what what does it mean about the types of career paths that match, I do a piece of people really what are thinking about career around transferable skills. You know, mm-hmm. what skills have they amassed over the course of their personal as well as professional lives in all the different roles they've played? And of all those skills, which ones do they actually enjoy using? Because just because yeah. you know how to do something doesn't necessarily mean you enjoy it. Yeah. So we end up with a tight list of transferable skills, you know, hard and soft skills. Um, and then I do a piece with people around passions. So what is it that lights you up? What makes you feel good? What energizes you and engages you? And to be honest, I was like this years ago. Most people don't know. I was a complete blank on this um, a long time ago. And so I've got a couple of exercises I take people through that draw that information out of them. Wow. Because if you can combine what you love, both in your personal time and in your work, you, you know, it's going to feel fabulous. It's like you're never, you've never worked a day in your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of these things are like the pieces of a puzzle. And when you draw them together, it paints a really clear picture about what the right thing is, both from a work perspective and a lifestyle perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and so we use that data. I use that with people to help them come to a firm conclusion on on what the right things are. Um, And then I work with them if they want me to to then help them make it a reality because that's the point at which a lot of fear comes up around okay so now you know so say it was a, a complete career change for example or a big move um, you know it, it how, mm-hmm. do, how does somebody go from where they're at to where they want to be and that's where that whole transition planning comes in because I think years ago I had this idea myself that you I would just switch off my old career and switch on a new one and of course life isn't like that for the most part <laughs> Um, there's a process like anything in life there's there's a process process. there's a process but it's just a case of breaking it down and working out the baby steps along the way that take you in the direction that you want to go in you know and I do do very practical things with people depending on what the direction is around you know from from a work point of view around cv work and linkedin descriptions and and interview prep and that kind of stuff um you know but it's ultimately it's a it's a planned out step-by-step journey that feels doable and in a time frame you know that suits someone's personal circumstances and finances because obviously uh, you know that's an important point mm-hmm. but I've had clients make really big transformational changes I have one client offer values recognized immediately she had been born and brought up in London and lived there all her life and she immediately knew that that's not where she wanted her to be. She wanted to live in the countryside and, you know, and I, she sent me a card not so long ago cause she made the move. Yeah. She got it. She went after the type of job that was really going to suit her based off her skills and experience. And, and, uh, and uh, again, her values. And she sent me a lovely card to say thank you. Cause it was all, she just, it, she was delighted. She was living somewhere that just absolutely felt right. That
0: yeah. Lit her up. You gave her,
1: yeah. sounds like you
0: give your clients permission Mm-hmm. to turn inward and say what works for me, what feels yeah. good, what yeah. would a life that feels good and that I actually want and like mm-hmm. to live, what would that what would that look like?
1: Yeah. And then and people make amazing decisions. It's really yeah. phenomenal. Like I had one client of, like years ago who He tried three different careers and was really unhappy in all of them. And it got to a point where he was like, I I can't make another mistake. Like, I need need to figure out what it is I want to do. And we again, I took him through the process I've described and he determined he wanted to be a writer now he you know and he or well, the only thing he'd ever done is write the odd film review for the old magazine right so he'd really he had no no experience of publishing and writing you know yeah. writing books and it felt very much like a pipe dream to him you know this like idea of you know oh, that's a lofty idea right write a book um and yet so we but with the through the work we did and had some additional work around helping him release um it, it, like, like release the fear and build confidence he firstly made a decision to take a job that enabled him to have more free time to write so he did that as a first step you know so he didn't change salary didn't change or anything but he had a job that it, which meant he could just start to write and so we got him writing We you know all sorts of different things that gave him time um, yeah then he got he got a job opportunity a year later as he was doing this he he'd written half his book and he got a job opportunity which meant moving to Ireland from the UK which yeah. was a complete like and he he said to me at the time had that job opportunity come up before we'd done any work he just would have dismissed it immediately I thought like this is you know not not the thing this um, doesn't fit with I, my life this isn't yeah, yeah absolutely but Does of course because the, the way that- we've done. He, he, he absolutely considered it. And he ended up moving to take that opportunity, mm-hmm. which then gave him more time for his writing. Um, and his first book was published in 2019 by Hodder and Stoughton. So oh. he, he fulfilled that dream. He, he, he opened up his opportunities mm-hmm. because he was willing to, based off his values again, he knew that it was something he could do and that would, that would fit for him. Yeah. Um, and he even applied it from a relationship point of view so you know he had always had really unsuccessful you know girlfriends bless him because he was choosing the wrong people based entirely off because he hadn't thought from a values perspective and then he applied it and he opened his mind and he ended up finding a partner who was absolutely again he told me he would never it just wouldn't have occurred to him to even start a conversation with with her had we not done this work with the prejudgy brain Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it completely, you know, he moved to a different place. He ended up fulfilling his dream. And I should say that that took five years, the publishing of a book. So, again, it was a it was a process. process. And, um, you know, and he he found a partner that was absolutely the right fit. Yeah. So not only did he he like
0: changed many things just based on living by his values and Through those changes in his work with you, again, that open mind, because when we can change the perspective and the lens that we're viewing Mm -hmm. life with, then we start to see all these other possibilities that are always actually all around us. Yeah. It's just, we have to be open to them and in the mindset of Mm -hmm. curiosity and, okay, well, would this fit the values that I've now determined of who I am? Tell me more about the mind body piece, um, especially since... I feel like yoga really is, can be a, a process of helping clients get into their mm. bodies and out of their minds. And in that clear form, clear space, I know there's a lot of other processes, anything that can bring you into your body. Cause then mm. you're, you're present, you're present to yourself. You're present to what you're feeling and you're yeah. able to process it in that present moment. So what are some of those, mm. the body techniques that you use?
1: So, so for the values piece that I do with people. So once we are, once I've got people to articulate their values, and it comes to putting them in order of priority, of course, the mind wants to take over and and you know that we as, as most people, you know, as most human beings, we end up in the in the world of shoulds, I should put this above that. <laughs> So, for Assuming, example, yes. say they've got, two, they've got two values and one is family and one is fun. You know, your mind will tell you that you should put family first because that's the right accepted thing to do. But, obviously, you know, but with, with these things, there's no right or wrong. So what I do once, we, once we've got a list of values, I then take clients through a really short mindfulness exercise mm-hmm. that basically drops them out of their thinking mind and into their physical body. You know, and I tell them this beforehand. So they know, you know, I said, look, I'm gonna and, and for some people, you know, they've never done anything like this before. And I do this with like men in their fifties. <laughs> and and you know, and I'm like, look, just roll with it and we'll just see where we end up. Humor me. Just let go of and your so, mind and the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly those people that are very highly logical. It's a complete, you know, it's an unusual thing to do. But we, so I, I tell them this is what I'm going to do. And I tell them that after I've taken them through an exercise, I'm going to read them two values at a time. And I'm going to ask them which of the two feels more important. And I want them to go with their gut feel. So the thing that just jumps at them first and and that I'm going to drop them into their body so that they are more attuned to what that gut feel is. You know, less likely to be led by their minds. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I do. I take them through a short mindfulness exercise, make them really aware of their breathing and and their physical sensations in the body, and sort of so that they're relaxed back into their body. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them those questions. You know, and by the end of it, we end up with an order, and it's hilarious because at the end they're like, "Wow, like I, all the things I thought would be at the top are not." <laughs> and all the, yeah. You know, and it really brings home what from an absolute you know core perspective is vital to them mm. you know it's yes yeah, so yes
0: yeah, core because when you're in your feeling body and you're not judging and you're using your intuition it will yeah. our bodies will tell us exactly what Absolutely. is right for us it's just stopping the mind process from taking over yeah. And all the, yes. the chatter of no, it needs to be this way, this way. All the stuff that comes out, yeah. Um, and yeah, so spending time yeah. with yourself in that silence becomes an important part of the process. To okay, is this the right mm-hmm. thing for me or
1: not? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I use visualization as well. So so say, for example, I've got a client who's got a number of different career ideas based off the data, you know, from from the various exercises and they're unsure, they've done a bit of research and they're unsure which which is the right direction or which feels right because they're up in their head. Mm -hmm. Um, What I get them to do is... Again, and it's dropping them into their body, I get them to visualize using all of their senses, each each idea in turn. So to actually imagine being in that role, being in that type of work environment that goes with it, doing that job, just as their mind's eye sees it. And and then when they're in it and they they, they are, you know, using all of their senses in that way, I ask them to give me a body score between minus 10 and plus 10. For where that sits, you know, and it's an instant, it's a number again, it's an instant kind of gut feel where zero is neutral. Is it a minus two? Is it a plus seven? Where is it? So I get, and I've done this actually with people based again. I did this with one couple who were looking to move house. <laughs> so completely different circumstance they had three different options for three different areas which you know had, had all had pros and cons and they'd done it from a they'd made the lists in pros and cons from a mental perspective the had come come this. to a complete loss and so independently i took them through this process got them to use their bodies to visualize living in each of those places one by one um and to give it a score use their body and it gave them a clear answer mm-hmm. just like it does on the career front you meet you know like you then it's very clear which is the right one yeah you got feel your body knows your instinct is always right and for that couple even though they did it separately they both had this they both came luckily they both came to the same conclusion so they they, they actually awesome. knew where they wanted to be and yeah. what the right choice was
0: yeah they were in tune now mm-hmm. is this a process that you use for moments of uh, like
1: anxiety worry fear um what are yeah. some of the tools yeah absolutely yeah so I use um some basic tools from acceptance and commitment therapy for this kind of thing um and I'm not a fully trained ACT specialist but a lot of it is again it's about bringing yourself back into your into your physical body so that I use one technique where, like, very simply to get people into it, I will get them to hold, like, to close their eyes and hold, like, that one palm up in the air. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them to ask themselves the question how do I know my hand exists when I can't see it? So I'm basically asking them to feel it to feel mm-hmm. the physical presence of their palm. And then I get them to hold up their other arm so that their palms are facing one another and then switch their attention to the other hand and see if they can feel that one. And then slowly switch between the two and to feel the energy between the two that, that exists wow. just to bring them into, into their bodies. And then I use a, um, a an ACT technique that gets them to, you know, whatever stress or anxiety they're feeling I get them to find it in their physical body so the physical representation mm. um you know for me years ago I when I was having all my digestive issues the mm. physical representation of that when I went into my body to find where I was I had held most discomfort it was like a small little granite rock that sat at the bottom of my intestine and it was almost like blocking Blo- you know which was why I couldn't digest food mm-hmm. so I will get people to 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 allow themselves just to feel an element of the anxiety that they're feeling and then to describe it physically to find it in their body and describe it so that they give it a name you know is it, you know what is, does it have a color does it have a texture does it you know again it sounds really odd an odd thing to do but you find it in your physical body describe it And then imagine breathing in and out of that physical feeling. And then you slowly create space around that physical feeling. So you just keep expanding space around it. And people are amazed. Because it goes from feeling like this overwhelming, awful thing that mostly what they're trying to do is either stuff down and pretend isn't there or they try and overcome it, you know, beat it. Neither of which works. (laughs) Um, So what this technique does, yeah, it gets them to lean into the physical feeling of, you know, the the physical representation of that anxiety. Accept it. Accept it's there because you're kind of calling it out and describing it. And then create space around it. So you're not trying to push it away and you're not trying to stuff it down. What you're doing is saying it's okay to be there, Create some space. And what it does is it's, it, it physically allows your body to process the emotion that sits behind whatever the thing is that's causing you anxiety. But again, typically we don't allow ourselves to do. We tend, we tend to bottle it all in and hold it all in and carry it around with us. <laughs> for you know, from room to room yeah it's yeah. almost
0: that you, we get stuck you can get stuck in the fear of even looking at the feeling because yeah a lot of we might not have been taught how to process feelings yeah, in no. moments as we were we were growing up and again it's taking it away from the external and bringing everything back into our own internal yeah. process versus using the yeah. external to dictate our lives or how things should be it's no i'm going to come back into me um, and when we give that emotion space to just be without having to run from it, suppress it, that it shouldn't yeah. be there, um, yeah. then it's just this space and we're detached from it. And mm. in that detachment, then that gives the, the room for for the emotion to just, Absolutely. just be.
1: yeah. Well, the thing I found most fascinating when I was researching this stuff and, and learning these techniques was that the body can only hold the highest intensity of any emotion for 90 seconds. And so if you allow yourself to feel it and it might feel uncomfortable for those 90 seconds and you're creating space around it, you, you're giving, giving that emotion space to run its course get through that high, high intensity, and then it dissipates because it, it, you can't stay at that high level. The body can't hold it. Yeah. So actually you're just allowing it to release, mm-hmm. which brings you back down and, and leaves you in a much better, you know, a much more calm, <laughs> relaxed, better feeling space. Yeah. And, and that, that knowledge for me, that it was like 90 seconds. So actually what, because we're not taught this stuff we are carrying around you're holding it in we're suppressing it like you said which we're, we're trying to fight it and all we're doing effectively is like putting that emotion in a knapsack on our back and carrying it around everywhere we go you know so it's always literally burning. actually if you just allow it it's time and let it run through yeah. and dissipate in a you know in a managed way using tools like this mm-hmm. you're putting it down you're basically taking that knapsack off and you're putting it down on the floor I don't need to carry you around like thanks very much I'm gonna leave you just where you're at and it's and people again as I when I do this with people they're really shocked at the the difference Mm -hmm. that they know how in how they feel after they've gone you know and and played with this little exercise um yeah it's and I, for me, all those years ago when I was training and I was using this on myself because I, I recognized that I this little granite rock busy, you know, that really felt physical, which was sitting in the way and causing those digestive issues. Mm. I would use this technique on it and it would relax it all out and allow me to fall asleep. So it improved my sleep. No end. <laughs> all the insomnia that I'd had for years was, you know, was was it, it was so much better. Yeah, it's,
0: it's the dissipate, dissipate, dissipate dis, letting it dis, dissipate <laughs> mm-hmm. and leaning, leaning into it. I love that you use those words instead mm. of running, avoiding,
1: mm.
0: lean into the feeling, breathe into it. We, we yeah. often say that in the yoga space, um, mm. we use that on our yes. mats. Your mat is your space to feel, to be, to let it go. Yeah, And it, it reminds me of a quote, I believe it's Albert Einstein, who says, um, the thinking that's going to create your solution is not the same thinking that created your problem. <laughs> so it's akin to letting go of that feeling or the thinking that's creating that problem. Let me breathe through it. Let me move it out oh, now I can get to the other side Mm -hmm. where I can see this space where a solution may be possible because now I'm in a different presence. I'm present in my body and I have that clarity and focus.
1: Yeah. I've yeah. You release seen. from from the stuff that clouds your mind and just, just keeps you feeling absolutely stuck and freaking you know freaking awful a lot of the time. Yeah and, and it's just unnecessary. It's tough to be taught in schools. So yes. <laughs> it's one of my I bandwagons. So,
0: <laughs> I so agree. I did another podcast with um, Crystal Waltman, and she is also a big advocate for changing some of the um not classroom but the formats of our our schools and what we're teaching our children I've had a couple conversations with people on this let's teach children how to process emotions give them tools yeah Um, because what type of world would that create I know imagine the difference yeah yeah it opens up all types of possibility (laughs) yeah Does. what were what were some of the unexpected that your process gifted you with or brought you to uh
1: in relation to what what do you, did you any
0: anything um be it something that maybe you realized afterwards like any any type of benefit that you didn't realize Almost like, oh yeah, the there's one big that,
1: thing. Like your client
0: <laughs> that, that the relationship. That, yeah, no, there's on one it.
1: massive thing, one massive thing. So when, when I was doing my coach training, yeah, part of it was we got taught a technique for, effectively it's like brain retraining. Right. Like, so so understanding limiting beliefs. Like, so we were taught how to help identify somebody's limiting beliefs and then, you know, work on them to let them go. And of course, before we were let loose on the outside world, we had to practice this on ourselves. You know, we were put in groups and everything. And Ooh. so I remember this one night we, I, I sat in a coffee shop in the center of London with a, a coach friend who was on the course and she was practicing on me. And, and so we would do, she, we we were used, she was using this technique and this is hilarious to me now. I remember turning up before she turned up and thinking, I don't know what I'm going to, I haven't got any limiting beliefs. Like there's nothing, I don't think there's anything to, you know, what am I going (laughs) to use? you know, I'm fine. (laughs) So we, we sat in this, this coffee shop and she started and out of nowhere, it surfaced this enormous uh, limiting belief that I had, which was the cause pretty much of all of my stress right, from a, from a work and lifestyle point of view. And the limiting belief was what, we, what she helped me come to was my I had this absolute belief that. Control equals success so if I could control something no matter what it was whether it was from a work context or a family context or whatever then I could make it successful mm-hmm. which now I mean I'm horrified by this idea and it's just so arrogant and ridiculous but that but I that, genuinely believed that if I it, it would be okay if I managed it and looked after it and kind of you know had my tight tight fingers around it I could drive it to something that would work and that's what and we're of course, a lot of that's right. what we're kind of yeah. taught in the world yeah, yeah. In, in society and this impacted it impacted the way I worked it impacted the people that were I had a team of people that worked for me and I was just like I was in everything and all over and I, I suffocated them and never gave them a chance to actually do things themselves and take things on because I felt like I needed to be involved in everything which meant I worked all the hours I was like it with my family my poor family um you know where any kind of problem or issue that would come up I would without even thinking about it I would step in to be the one to sort it out and then I'd be really annoyed about it I'd be really frustrated at the fact that I was the one doing all the sorting not Although that they you ever... created your own situation <laughs> I totally created it so but this was absolutely when it came to light and then part of the exercise afterwards was to start to notice when this belief was about you know when it was driving your behavior and I saw it everywhere. I was like, oh, my God, it's in everything. And even to the point where on the following week we were di- we were on our, our coaching course and we were on a teleconference call with a master coach. And she she was she was I can't remember what exercise she was doing, but I remember thinking. But you know, she was talking about how we were, not you know, it wasn't the role of a coach to tell people what to do. You know, it was to facilitate people to come to their own answers. And I, I was sat listening to this thinking, well, this is no good like because I'm really good at telling people what to do. That's what I'm good at. Like so. <laughs> and I remember I, I was brave enough to ask this question. I was like, but this is a problem for me because I'm quite good at this. Yeah. And because in the earlier in the call, I had explained the revelation that I'd had through being coached by my fellow um uh, you know, like a coach, classmate, uh, person,
0: yeah, classmate.
1: She was like, "Oh," she said. Well, isn't this interesting? Do you think this is, you know, again, is this not about control? Because if you can tell people what to do, you can control the outcome, or uncontrol it. And I was like, "Oh, it's even in this. It's even here." You see, you know. It. And then she laughed and she when said, "It might be time it. to resign as CEO of the world." <laughs> I was like, "Yep." <laughs> and that became and my right mantra up. resign the CEO of the world stop trying to control everything and everybody and let it go I but yeah for that. me I then used the coaching tools we got taught which I now teach other people to not only just spot this stuff but start to unwind it start to retrain my brain physiologically to think differently and to let it go and it it was the most freeing thing I have ever done and to be honest and I said this afterwards after I because I had it was so monumental to me in the way I now live and you know this thing is not a problem anymore I do not try and control anything I'm totally free it if I had never earned a penny from coaching (gasps) and that was one of your values freedom yeah 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 absolutely there it is again right but I freed myself I um. Yeah. but if I'd never made any money from coaching as you know turning it into a business doing the coaching course I would still 100% have done it it would have been worth its weight in gold just for that because it freed me to just be me live my life get out of other people's business and you know and not stress myself to death thinking mm-hmm. that I had to you know own and control every single thing in my path. Um, so yeah, that for me was the biggest of, I mean, there were lots of others, but that was the most fundamental.
0: And what a beautiful side-by-side parallel because the work you're doing now, you're still helping others, which was, sounds like that was your original intent and or um, maybe not uh, helping, but you're doing it, it may, or it, you still... Sounds like you still wanted to support and make sure things were going yeah. well and in the right way.
1: Absolutely. But now but... the
0: process that you do it, the way you <laughs> do I, it. Now I different. help
1: facilitate, I don't tell. And yes. I, you know, But I, 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 as soon as this happened, you know, whilst I was doing my training, I started to apply this in my old job and with the team that worked for me. And the transformation in them by me stepping out and stepping back and giving them a chance to, own stuff and do their own thing and they grew within six months they were they were killing it doing all sorts of stuff and and I would just you know it was a real hard pill to swallow to realize that i had held them back for a long time because I was so in it and not giving them an opportunity to try things out and and run with things themselves and and you know they are a lot of them are still friends of mine now and we laugh about it (laughs) but it, it. it released them to go do amazing things which they have done and so yeah it's it, uh, amazing where uh, do you think
0: the need to control came from as far as from yourself if, if there, you could
1: pinpoint it, it. uh probably for being the eldest child i'm i'm, I'm one of four um mm-hmm. and i you know my 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 mum, my, my mom particularly instilled in me that I was absolutely capable and I love her for this you know she she instilled in me that you're absolutely capable you can do what you like you know you can make whatever decisions you need to make mm-hmm. but because of that it I sort of I think translated it when I was young as I you know I'm I I know best and therefore I you know and I, I you know and I'm the eldest and I I've got brothers and a, two brothers and a sister and I need to kind of be part of helping them and, and and it but it became a
0: Be responsible.
1: yeah uh, uh, yeah I was the one that was responsible and I took it all on and of course as I got older um it like I said that that was what I did I just stepped into everything they never asked they never expected it but it was like you know it was like I will be the savior I will charge in and do what's required to fix whatever it is
0: <laughs> it, was and, the role. it was the that royal that pain in sweet. the ass to be honest yeah and, you know the, role.
1: Yeah, you were the most hilarious thing was that when I when I when this all came to light and I recognized this in myself and I challenged myself then to stop Right, which was a you in, know in, in interesting period of time in, in, in and of itself but I because I thought well you know and again it's the mind games your mind plays I thought that by if I stopped stepping in I stopped volunteering I stopped trying to be the fixer of everything that my family would tell me I changed that there was something wrong with me that this was a terrible thing and I was selfish and all of the you know and but I I, I decided that I needed a Still, you know, take the challenge and and step back. And do you know what happened? They didn't even notice, (laughs) and I was almost affronted. I was almost affronted that they didn't. They they, they just, they it didn't. There was no ripple, and I was like, wow! I've all these years I've been telling myself this is my job, and I must be the one to sort things out. And do you know what? They just didn't even take any notice because when I didn't step in, they just did things themselves and didn't even think about it. It gave them the space. Gosh, that's
0: so powerful. Your mind, if you mm-hmm. believe what she believed she could do, she did. Yeah. You believe um, you can or you can't?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Your mind is powerful. It's just really powerful. So, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> that's why it's, it's important it's... to
0: get into your body. Get back into body, mm-hmm. into presence, feel. Yeah. Not just operate from that mind space and that logical space that wants to take over and that we use so often in our world. Yeah. You drop back into more of the creative processes.
1: Yeah. There's that so, wonderful Eastern saying, I don't know if you come across it, but it's um, you know, the mind is a wonderful servant but a terrible master. And if you put it in charge of everything, <laughs> you end up on a hiding to nothing. Um, and it's yeah, you end up with the tyrant. <laughs> Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, is you do the things we make up. And I, I, do when I do this work with people, the brain retraining stuff for people. And it's a lot of it is often a lot around confidence. You know, people have a lot of limiting beliefs around they're not good enough, or you know, they're not worthy enough. Um, it, you know, and we, 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 I do this work and I help them dissolve and just drop. Like I dropped the whole control thing. Help them just drop it so it just doesn't exist. They're amazed. Like I had one client who came to me because she just suffered from imposter syndrome was, and you know, she was, she's an IT consultant, right? A really senior IT consultant who had just felt like she was, she was the idiot in the room, right? Everybody else was better qualified. Everybody knew this stuff. People thought she was rubbish, you know, and and this had plagued her since childhood really, but you know, all the way through. Mm -hmm. And, and as we did this work and we helped her drop just drop it and see things for what they really were and and like we focused in on her strengths as well from a positive point of view to look at what are you what are you actually doing what do you bring build her up she and she thought when she first came to me she said she gave me this background and she said look you know what what do you think how much you know what how much do you think is going to need from a program point of view and I said oh well you know probably just we probably need to do about three or four sessions and she there was this silence and she said to me oh my god well I thought you were going to tell me it was going to take like a year (laughs) because this is such an embedded thing and I was like no honestly it won't take that long it'll take three or four sessions and we'll get you to a good place and she didn't believe I don't think she believed me but we did four sessions and after that four session she built up she started to release all of this negative thinking you know and step into her own power and just who she was and what she brought and to see things as they really were to the point where she sent me an email after the fourth session she had to present at this big meeting the following day which she normally would just be petrified about and hate and just think was she had done a terrible job and at the end of it she said her big boss wandered over to her and told her he whispered in her ear you appear to have assumed additional swagger <laughs> He meant it in oh. a really positive way he was like brilliant but and she was like nailed it it's done <laughs>
0: I love change yeah. is done I love yeah. that she stepped yeah. into a new way of being Joe Dispenza talks about that yeah yeah how yeah the the power of the mind and stepping into being a new being and retraining yeah. the brain yeah to re to revision, it's a lot of revisualization as well yeah. but Absolutely. once we- We step into a new way of being and our internal world changes. Look at everything that changes on the external.
1: Yeah, it so is. It's amazing. And it doesn't, I think people often think it's going to take years and it's going to be really hard and it do, It just, it isn't. It's a really simple process. Do you think that's
0: it, another limiting belief yeah, that people will yeah. say to keep them stuck in their, in their pattern? Yeah.
1: Well, and I think we get, you know, people, and I was, I was like this, you know, I, I, we tend to think, I think that it's just, just the way I am, you know? So if you suffer from imposter syndrome, like you don't have a lot of confidence or whatever, it's just the way I am. And so therefore, and that idea means you can't change it like it was the way you're born and therefore you're stuck stuck with it. And of course, it's not. It's a learned behavior based off experiences that you've had over the course of your lifetime Mm -hmm. um, that just become your lens on the world, become the lens on yourself. And it's just it feels true but when i take people through this exercise a specific exercise first off we uncover we get really clear, like we we work out where it's come from in the first place so they can put it into context so i take them back you know and identify the moment at which this this limiting belief was created um, there's always some real memory that sticks in people's minds that they, you know, often it's not well it goes back to childhood. So we put it in context. Then we take them through an exercise that gets them to understand the impact of this limiting belief and what it is stopping or starting them from do, you know, from doing. Mm. what it's creating and I get them to really articulate it and then they're like oh my god like I can't believe it has this much of a negative impact on me you know because I get them to think physically in their bodies as well how does this affect you physically when you believe this this thought this this thought like I'm not worthy um you know or I'm not good enough how does it translate in your body so we go through all you know so that they really get a clear picture of the the negative impact on them of this thought and then I take them through a really simple not necessarily easy but simple exercise to start them retraining their brain to build new neural pathways in their brain for a new way of thinking yeah um you and then i send tracks. them off to practice it yeah yeah i send them off to practice it and and of course it's the repetition the more you repeat this new way of thinking you know and at first you have to really think about it but eventually like i did with my control thing it just becomes the way you think because you you you've you've burned that neural pathway deeply enough that it becomes the path of least resistance in your mind and it just is how things are
0: you embodied it and then you change the feeling around it
1: yeah Everything yeah
0: changes yeah mm. you, you make peace with your past mm-hmm. you create a new space to bring in a new possibility and a new way of being yeah yeah you, re- you reaffirm Beautiful. it every time you say it
1: mm. absolutely <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, tell me more about your work with the um, Porcupine Collective that you started. Because I know oh. <laughs> you have, and we'll highlight some of your services um, in just a little bit as far as like the career and what other type of work you do with individuals. Mm. But
1: let's talk about the Porcupine Collective. Mm. Well, the Porcupine Collective is a is a community interest company, so a kind of type of charity um, that I set up with an old school friend of mine, um, and the idea was to, to we were both um, very passionate about taking well, effectively, it was like taking my career coaching framework to disadvantaged people and disadvantaged groups you know and helping people figure out the right paths you know it, you know if people have had tough upbringings or tough lives you know from all walks of life mm-hmm. it's giving them an opportunity a, to understand themselves you know a, 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 you know in the and same the way path, yeah. going through that process and helping them understand who they are and what they bring and and stuff and then helping them apply that knowledge from a career perspective um, you know to help direct a path mm-hmm. um, and so we 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 got some natural we we applied for and got some national lottery funding here and create we've built an online program called alternative cv that only takes a couple of hours to do, and it helps people do exactly that. It takes them through video, you know, short videos. It gets them to take three assessments as part of that process, and it a it helps them articulate and understand who they are and what they bring. And that ends up on a two page. We call it alternative CV because people can use it as a CV, in, you know, in, in replacement of a traditional one if yeah. they don't have a, you know a lot of work experience or, or qualify, traditional qualifications. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can feel proud of who. And that they actually have something of value to offer. Um, And then it generates a career insights guide based off their unique data um, that provides ideas for the types of industries and entry-level and advanced level job roles that match their talents and their personality profile. So um, that any kind of any support worker working with them, whether it's a mentor or a work coach or a parent, you know, can actually then go through that with them and help them make some choices that mean they're much more likely to end up in meaningful work because it plays back to who they are, what they bring, what they care about. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we're just at the early stage. We, we, we the products now finished and we're just now at the stage of taking it, taking it out into the world, um, you know, try and get it into the hands of those. It could help. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it, gives,
0: it sounds like it gives them hope and puts power back in their hands. And yeah. when we, we in, enable people and we build them up, not enable, when we build them up mm-hmm. and we flower or we water them and yeah. help them to blossom, then it's like, let's sit back and watch. That's well it are. just
1: you know if people have had really negative early life experiences you know or, you know whether they've come from abject poverty whether you know or the, you know they've had some sort of trauma often its not you know uh, they have absolutely really low self-esteem they don't believe they've got anything to offer you know and it's and it's awful and they absolutely do. And so partly we wanted to inject some of this to kind of go, you really are, you know, you, you, you've got something amazing to offer. Mm-hmm. And let's help you identify what that is and and choose and feel good about it, you know, and then make some choices off the back of it that might send you in the right direction. Yeah,
0: Value and power, internal power and I love yeah. for listeners um there I love the story that you have of how you and your former schoolmate came together and convened <laughs> you can find that on the website I loved reading that yeah. and uh tell us about the actual emblem the porcupine because I love the analogy and the metaphor of that as well
1: oh it's just yeah the porcupine mean, it's a strange name isn't it <laughs> no <laughs> we, I, we I love it it's a porcupine and, it's a porcupine is like a warrior <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know and it's a symbol for you know a peaceful warrior, warrior. A, symbol, a peaceful warrior that, that protects against you know allows you to be vulnerable and but, but will protect you and kind of it just it seems to symbolize for us what we wanted to help you know through the different services we build and provide it, it, it symbolized that you know for the individuals that we are we're trying to help yeah. um so yeah it uh yeah and it's unusual so people remember it <laughs>
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. They definitely are warriors. Finding their inner warrior. Mm. All right, tell me or tell listeners and me about the the services that you have on your own personal website and where we can find mm. you, and uh, anything else you'd like to share about that.
1: Okay, well, um, but you know, listeners can find me. My business is called Live True obviously based off the fact that I was not living true for a very long time and uh, and that is now what I aim to help people do you know if they feel lost so it's live um, passion. and I yeah and I you know I provide a number of different services you know most of the stuff is, is couched around Korea but it's 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 I help people with Um, career change and career progression Um, but from a you know choosing again what is based off your values based off what's right for you figuring out paths and and helping you make those things happen so there's lots of different services that relate to career that are on my site but it's yeah, it's all about helping helping people really understand themselves, and then apply that knowledge proactively to make really feel good changes, and help them realize that they can make it happen. You know that nothing's impossible. It, it is, you know, it, it, it You know, the timelines can can be as short or as long as they need to be to get. You know, but you can absolutely do it. And and um, you know, I think that's really is my overriding message. <laughs>
0: Yep, you have the power, and you help them. You help instill it, and I think it's important to iterate that it has the power to not only touch career and everything going on in your job, but really everything in your life if you're open yeah. to the possibility. Yeah. It, can bring, it brings you your value mm. <laughs> and the values that are important, and then that it's like the, the little ripple effect. You can't stop yeah. it; just yeah. everything. Yeah. Do you do a, a one-on-one coaching or do you also do
1: workshops with, Um, like corporates and businesses yeah I do a mix so I do one-to-one with people um with with personal clients and I've got various different programs but I also just do one-off coaching sessions to help people with specific you know challenges and that can be life-related stuff it doesn't have to be career Mm -hmm. um but yeah I also do corporate work so you know a a lot of the I've I've worked with a range of different types of companies in different industries um so at the moment I'm working with a, a management team um for a communications agency in China of all places helping Very their management cool. team understand themselves understand what they bring and up level you know what they're doing um you know and they are i've, I've already run one run run, run run one program for one part of their team and they loved it so yeah i'm now running another one for the second half of the team Very and uh, cool. but they, they yeah so it's a mix mm-hmm. it's a mix you do and it's with technology the way it is
0: now. And th- yeah. Thank goodness! See that <laughs> there's always a silver lining. in Everything, and with the silver lining of COVID, is now now we have things available Absolutely. anywhere in the world because of Zoom, yeah. Zoom or other services makes it makes it possible.
1: Totally, you know. So, so I work with people in China and America and 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 you know the UK and all parts, different parts of Europe. You know, it, 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 it takes uh, a no difference.
0: The limiting belief of oh well I can't do it because they're they're half the world away. Yeah. Nope, yeah. not anymore. No. We, we took that limiting belief out. <laughs> <laughs> <it>. The parallels <laughs> and the layers. Well, Alison, I, I really enjoyed our, our conversation. Thank you so much oh, for so much vulnerable and sharing um, so much about your own transformation and how you help others I love seeing your passion come through for it (laughs) and that your own change guided you like it we can always learn from everybody and that's part that's a big mission of my podcast is we can Mm -hmm. always learn something from everybody and you took your own process and now you're helping others through their own process and that is that's powerful and it's a part of what makes the world go around
1: and it's also living in your value of connection. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a real privilege to be on, you know, helping people, you know, see things that they didn't re- that are under the surface that are there but they just they just can't see it and then take action against it to to live the lives and and you know and, and do the work that really lights them up I, I just I get the biggest thrill out of it it's just the best thing you know when people see, you know, end up doing what they're meant to be doing and living in their in their, their right life it's just fabulous and you know what right. on it. it it's yeah 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 and it's yeah. a whole lot more exciting than doing PR for technology companies I can tell you
0: <laughs> I would imagine so
1: <laughs> any last
0: insights that you have to share with listeners or any last little words that you wanted to say
1: just you know, I, 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 my overriding kind of message, I think, across the board is, is you know, it's possible. You know, if if where you're at and what you're doing isn't just doesn't feel congruent with you, or it just doesn't feel right, trust it. And, and honestly, you know, find the, there were so many resources out there. There were so many different types of coaches for different challenges and just, but it is totally possible to, to make the changes and live, you know, build the life that you really want. And it doesn't matter how old you are either. I work with a lot of people in their forties and fifties, you know, who've spent 20, 30 years doing something and living in a way that, you know, I did that, that doesn't really fit and you know feel like oh it's too late I should have done this 20 years ago never too late never too late that's a limiting belief. You know? yeah absolutely absolutely you know and they've gone and done amazing things and started over and like you know or, or or you know made big life changes that you know that then delight them and it's brilliant so yeah there's always power in
0: transformation.
1: Mm-hmm. and transformation
0: it's always worth it
1: yeah it really is
0: I love it. Well, thank you again, Allison. Have a beautiful- Thank you for having me. Yes. My pleasure. I look forward to following your journey and (laughs) seeing where the Porcupine Collective goes as well. So take care. Oh, you too, Christina. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the House of Minds. Cheers to Mind Expansion and until next time.